Welcome to the Man Talk Show. I'm Connor Beaton. And on this midweek mini episode, we are going to do a Q&A. So recently, I put on uh, a little in a, in a story on Instagram and said, hey, what questions can I answer for you? Uh, and I've picked out some of the questions. Thank you so much for everyone that, a- that, that asked a question. Um, I got a few hundred of them. So obviously, I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'm going to try and answer as many as I can. Uh, with as much value as I can without diving super, super deep into each of these topics because each of these questions could be their own mini episode, but I'm going to try and get through some of these. Uh, so somebody asked, where is the line drawn between chasing someone and going after what you want? Whew. Okay. So there are a few aspects to this, and I'm going to try and break this down to as tactical of an answer as I can. One you know you're chasing when you feel needy, when you feel anxious, when you have that sort of like addictive quality uh, to the conversation and to the interactions with the other person. So pursuing what you want is a more direct and direction-oriented experience, okay? And I say, I use the word experience very specifically. We far too often, again, overvalue, over-index the rational mind when what we need to be over-indexing, not over-indexing, but actually indexing, is our felt experience, is the intuitional experience. So what does that mean? What that means is that you probably feel in your body as a man when you are off-kilter chasing after a woman. And I'm using a heterosexual example here, but fill in whatever gender you want uh, to, to make it applicable for you. So whenever you're going after someone, you feel in your body a little bit more anxious when you're chasing. You feel like that constant, what if they don't text me back? What if like, oh my, how do I get their attention? How do I get them to go out with me? How do I say the right thing? There is not an aloofness to pursuing what you want, but a very clear grounded sense of intentionality, of focus, and a clarity on what you want. So when you're going after someone that you want, there is less of a heftiness to the attachment, right? There's less of an attachment to the outcome. If they say yes to going out with you, if they say yes to proceeding with you, then it's it's all bonus. And when we start to chase and pursue people from this place of anxiety and worry and necessity, we have lost, right? We've already lost. Not that we've lost the game, right? Because that's some pickup artist garbage. We have lost our center. We've lost our own sovereignty. We've lost our own self-leadership and our own self-direction. And so the difference between chasing someone and going after what you want, pursuing what you want, is boundaries. (laughs) Boundaries, 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 all right? Uh, When we are uh, chasing somebody or trying to pretend like we're not chasing somebody, we usually have porous boundaries, which are non-existent almost, or we have very rigid boundaries because we're trying to pretend like we're not insecure. But when we are pursuing what we want, we are rooted in a very grounded place. So for me, that is the, the biggest distinction between chasing and pursuing what we want. Next question, how to overcome problems or barriers in expressing attraction to women? 
Uh, so yes, for the ladies that are listening to this, there are many men that are out there that are trying to navigate the waters of how the hell do I tell her that I'm attracted to her without sounding like a creep, without getting it wrong, without fumbling over my own words, without being insecure. And so men, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to you specifically. So a few things. One, be direct. Be direct in your intentions. Be direct in what you are expecting. Uh, not that you're going to say, you know, hey, I've been fawning over you and I, I really want a relationship with you. No, it is, hey, I want to take you out for coffee. Hey, I'd like to grab dinner with you sometime. When are you available? <laughs> right? So it is direct in its nature. You are, you are firm, you're assertive, uh, but you're leaving the window open for them to say, no, I'm, I'm not interested. Or yeah, actually, I feel the exact same way. So how do you overcome the problems? Well, first and foremost, I think one of the best things that I would suggest is something similar or akin to rejection therapy. Usually when a man is asking me this question of how do I overcome problems and barriers in expressing attraction to a woman, it is an indication of insecurity and of anxiety and or a lack of skill in knowing how to express himself. Okay, a lack of skill in knowing how to express himself. And what I mean by that is a lack of skill in knowing how to express himself in a way that feels grounded, that feels rooted, that feels solid, that feels authentic, and that isn't coming from a place of needing to be something or someone that he's not. Because this is where a lot of men get lost, right? They're, they're like, oh, I feel insecure or anxious. And so they got, go hire some like pickup coach that, you know, tells them some, some garbage. And uh, I'm really bashing on pickup coaches, apparently. <laughs> but I, I have worked with enough recovering uh, pickup men to know that that route is generally not healthy if you are looking for a sustainable long-term relationship. It might teach you some good tools uh, and help you overcome certain things, but in the long run, it's going to create as many barriers oftentimes as it does uh, open doors. Anyway, what this is really saying, how do we overcome problems and barriers in expressing attraction towards a woman? You start to face your own anxieties. And so you start to do that in ways that are both with women and, and, and without women. So you start to face your anxieties of doing things like breath work or doing cold immersion therapy. This is why so many men have loved Wim Hof uh, and, and what he talks about. Because it, it forces you, breath work specifically forces you to meet the part of your nervous system that is responsible for your anxiety dial. And it, it forces you to meet the part of yourself that when you're around an attractive woman, that normally gets your, your whole body starting to buzz, right? A lot of men that feel anxious around a woman feel a buzz in their limbs, in their chest, their heart starts to race, their stomach starts to tighten up, right? The blood starts to move up into their body, up into their head, and all of a sudden, they feel like they're not able to communicate properly. And what's happening is that your internal landscape your internal energy as a man is actually speeding up quite a bit. So what you, what you experience in a lot of men and what a lot of guys communicate experiencing is that their perception of time, their perception of their communication all speeds up and it feels like they can't slow it down. So you actively want to work on 
uh, on facing that rejection, facing that anxiety, that fear of rejection, that fear of the unknown, that fear of not knowing what's going to happen, both with and around women and without them. So without them, you can do things like breath work, uh, cold immersion therapy. Um, you can just engage in social situations that would normally be out of your element, right? That would, that you normally wouldn't engage in. So like go have dinner by yourself and make it a, a goal to communicate with some of the people that are around you or the bartender. And then with women, this might be just engaging in conversations with women that are out there in a way that is respectful, uh, in a way that is going to um, be a little bit uncomfortable for you, but in just a way of like, you know, standing in line with somebody at Starbucks if you're, you know, back out in public wherever you are. You just turn to the other person, to the woman next to you and you say, hey, how's your day going today? Right. And that's just that's just it. That's just the the start of it. So start to do these small things. You can work up to having a conversation that is going to be a little bit more fruitful and productive. Ah, where do we go from here? Uh, when you are shifting your identity neediness away from your career, but lose motivation. When you are shifting your identity neediness away from your career, but lose motivation. So I think this question is really starting to trying to ask, how do I, uh, how do I deal with my identity shift when I am in transition? And this is specifically within the career. So a lot of people are experiencing this, right? A lot of people, um, and I'm going to do a full episode on this soon. A lot of people over the last five months are experiencing transition fatigue, and I'm going to, again, I'm going to do a whole episode on this and dive deeper in this because it needs to be talked about. But people are experiencing transition fatigue. And transition fatigue is when we have too much. We overtax our system. We overtax our capacity for change, right? Because we can only, like we're adaptive creatures, but we can only manage so much change. And sometimes life thrusts more change than we can manage onto us. And so we need to be able to be cognizant of that. So step one is if you've lost this motivation to, to shift, maybe take into consideration one, that it's not what you actually wanted in the first place. And that might be hard to hear, right? But it's the honest to God truth. Some people that are like, oh, I want to get out of my career. Um, and they, they have this, you know, this desire to move in the direction of being a photographer or starting to be an artist or starting their own business or, you know, changing into a different career company. Sometimes when the rubber actually meets the road and they start doing the work for it, they realize that direction isn't the direction that they wanted to go in. And that's okay. So tune into whether that's it or not. Next is if you are experiencing transition fatigue or change fatigue, what I want you to start to focus in on is the, the daily manageables, the daily routines and rituals that are going to provide you with some sense of stability, of normalness, and of routine, right? Because we need to have some solid ground to stand on. So what I see a lot of people struggling with is that when they go to make this big shift in their life, they start making this shift and all of a sudden there's a cascade effect and they reach a sort of threshold or a tipping point where too much change has happened and they intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, physically get just annihilated. They get taxed and they hit this sort of like, I can't do anymore. I can't, I can't feel anymore. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. And you actually need to hit pause 
right? So sometimes in your transition, you might find that you need to hit a bit of a pause. And that pause doesn't mean that you stop doing work towards your, you know, building your business. It doesn't mean that you stop doing work entirely. It means that you stop putting all of the pressure on yourself to needing to do it right now. And you allow yourself to pull back and and enter into a restorative incubation period so that you can enter back into the transitional period in a way where you are recharged and rejuvenated. Okay, so notice if you are just needing to pull back on the gas a little bit and, and incubate and 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 find stillness because sometimes with that amount of transition uh we expect ourselves to be motivated but oftentimes uh you know we can just hit a threshold where it's just too much so maybe that's what you need so i'll leave that with you and then uh look for the 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 other podcast going to dive deeper into this soon uh somebody said skin skincare routine for for you, please. You've got a glowy face. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. I, I wash my face with soap and there's no routine. It's like the most classic man answer of all time. Um, why do I fail to make a strong and long lasting bond with a guy? That can happen for a number of reasons. I would need more information to, to dig into that. Um, but I would say check out attachment theory. You may have an avoidant attachment style and that is keeping you pulled away uh, from real kinds of intimacy with that individual. Or on the other end of the spectrum, you may have an anxious attachment style and that anxiety is is causing uh, a little bit of, of pushing away uh, from the men that that you are dating, so I would I would explore those. You can read the book Attachment Theory; it's great. It might give you some insight. Uh, or shameless plug, you can check out Get the Love You Want, which is a program that my wife and I put together, and that will help identify a lot of the patterns that are showing up in your life. So you can go to my Instagram profile. There's a link in the bio for that program. Uh, I definitely recommend that you check that out. Okay, last question uh, that actually ties into this avoidant attachment. Can they ever fully commit? <laughs> and if how, this is a great question. I see this one all the time. So the answer is yes, with a caveat. So avoidant attachment style is an interesting one because the avoidant has to choose to lean into intimacy, to lean into turning towards the thing that they are actively avoiding. That might be conflict or a challenging conversation. Um, but generally, avoidance have an avoidance of intimacy specifically. That's not always the case. Um, but from what I've seen, it is the fear of closeness that is pushing them away in some capacity. So they actually, they actively have to choose to do that. They have to make a commitment towards intimacy, towards choosing the relationship over their their fleeing methods or their stonewalling methods. And the question that I always get asked afterwards is, what can I do? <laughs> what can I do to get them there faster? And the answer is nothing really. Um, because for a lot of people, they will try and actively say, hey, you know, like, uh, what can I do? I want to support you. And, and all of your efforts um, will sometimes be very frustrating. What you can do is label the behavior. So if you're in a partnership with somebody who is willing to do the work, who's willing to have these conversations, you can say, hey, you know, like I would love to talk about this avoidant 
uh, attachment style? Do you feel like this fits you? And if so, are you willing to or wanting to do some work around it or have a conversation around it? Or are you uh, open to leaning in uh, and and maybe labeling when you feel that avoidance, that avoidant nature coming up? So that's another great way to engage in the conversation because, again, it has to be of their choosing. It's much like um, in addiction when people are wanting support, as much as we want to support them, as much as we want to be the ones to help them, uh, it has to be their choice ultimately. So hold your ground, set nice, firm, assertive boundaries with the avoidant and really invite them back in. And sometimes that might mean giving them space. It might mean saying, hey, I feel like you're avoiding this conversation right now, but I'm open, willing, and ready to have it whenever you are. Uh, and that might be a reminder. So again, having that conversation in a, a time and place that is outside of conflict is going to be very important. Again, if you're wanting to learn a lot more about that avoid attachment style, uh, you can check out uh, Attachment Theory. Uh, or you can check out the Get the Love You Want course because we dive into the attachment styles in the course. So thanks so much for joining me and the q and I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I will be posting another Q&A this week and answering it on Instagram. So if you don't follow me there, hit me up at Mantalks on Instagram and looking forward to answering and fielding all of your lovely questions soon. Until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off.